You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Husking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn Hart, and today um, the uh, the job seeker, the time on job seeker. Uh, we've done the research, and uh, we can tell you how long it's been historically with other governments. Uh, the National Stadium, will it ever happen? Valentine's Day did happen. And Trump versus NATO versus Biden versus the world. But before any of that, uh, what's it like being on a board? What do they do all day? Mike, Bruce Hassel and Kathy Quinn are on the Fonterra board. Should we be worried? It's a funny question you ask this, Judy, because one of the board members at Fletcher's is also a board member of NZME, which is the company that runs this radio station. And it's, I go back to Jenny Shipley. I don't know anything about being a board member, but what I know is it's an oversight role, it's an umbrella role, and if I was going to blame anybody for Fletcher's, I'm deeply... I mean, Fletcher's, obviously, the record speaks for itself. You can't argue with a loss. You can't argue with the basket case decisions they've made. You can't argue with the state of the company. And it's been going on for years. And I think the the most powerful part of their argument is the fact it's been going on for years. This just didn't turn up yesterday. And you go, oh, well, they'll fix it. There's something systemic about the company. But I, I cited um, Norris, Ralph Norris, who, if you follow these things, Ralph Norris is one of life's great guys. And he was fantastic in New Zealand. He was fantastic at ASB. And then, of course, it all turned pear shape at Fletcher's, if you remember the story. Now, did Ralph Norris suddenly turn up and turn out to be useless? No. Uh, do the people who sit on the Fonterra board, uh, are they better at Fonterra or are they better at Fletcher? Or are they the same people? And are there circumstances beyond your control? So I look at this station, for example. I sit here at the station. All I can do is my best. In the time that I'm given to do my best, there are other things happening on the station that I wouldn't necessarily do the way they do them. Are you going to sack me for it? You see what I mean? You can't be in charge of everything every day. And if you're going to blame somebody, I'd blame the CEO, obviously. That's the most obvious part or path to take. So, in answer to your question, no, I wouldn't be worried just because they're the same people. Because Fonterra, as far as I know, is doing okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like blaming the coach when the players don't do well in a sports team. Uh, So, I think with Fonterra, if something goes wrong there, it's the cow's fault. The rewrap. Now, as we try and figure out what's gone wrong uh, with the uh, benefit scheme, with uh, people being on JobSeeker for for 13 years, uh, we did wonder uh, how it was... You know, during I don't know the previous government, what was the what was the time on benefit then, or the tob as I like to call it? Ginny Anderson, speaking of the previous government, was on this program after eight yesterday with Mark Mitchell, and we raised the business of the job seeker in thirteen years. This this astonishing figure, and how she could possibly defend it, having been in cabinet, and she goes, well, you'd have to look back to the National Party and ask how long it was. Now I said. And I was out on a limb to a degree, but I said, I bet you anything you want, it wasn't as bad as 13 years. Turns out I was right, uh, because it came out in the Parliament yesterday. Louise Upston got asked the question, she gave the answer. And not that it excuses the uh, previous national government, but um, because it was bad then. But it was nine years. And then after 2017, when the Labour Party arrived, they blew it out to 13 years. I mean, even nine years. Just, just think about it. Somebody you know can't get a job, doesn't get a job, won't get a job, and they're on job seeker for nine years. Now, on average, it's gone up to 13. Something's gone horribly wrong with this country. Regardless of whether it's nine years or 13 years, my question is, why isn't it even longer? 
because by that stage, I mean, you, you've really turned it into an art form, haven't you? Uh, you, you go to the minimum re- required interviews, fail at them, make sure you made a, make a terrible impression so you can stay on the benefit. I heard a story the other day of somebody who took their pants down at their job interview so they wouldn't get the job. That, that'd be fairly effective, I reckon. The rewrap. Uh, there might be some construction jobs, which would be good news for Fletcher's, uh, if this uh, idea of a waterfront stadium goes ahead. Hang on, haven't we heard this story before? By now. Uh, you will have seen the drawings of this new national stadium in Auckland. You see those over the weekend, earlier this week. Uh, comes with the usual bullish talk of doability and vision, the way all these sort of concept drawings tend to. The old stadium debate, of course, didn't start this past weekend. And if you go back through all the drawings, all the visions, all the debates, the one thing you'll find at the end of it all is we still don't have a new stadium. Or indeed, anything close to it. So the Auckland Council, in a fit of what I can only assume was overt bullishness, or they'd been drinking, called for expressions of interest. And that's always the easy bit, isn't it? Have a meeting, talk big, call for ideas. Well, this latest idea or drawing of an idea is little short of superb. It's as good a concept as I've ever seen. It's on the waterfront where I think most sensible people would have concluded it should be. It is modern. Uh, It's maybe even futuristic. The claim is it could be our opera house, and maybe they are right. But this, you must remember, is Auckland. And if you haven't seen Auckland lately, she's she's not a pretty sight. She's increasingly a disheveled, disorganised dump of a sight. Uh, The council is close to broke and arguing about rates. The beach is closed when it rains. There are massive holes in the ground. People still haven't been sorted since the storms of last year. It costs $300,000 to build a speed hump, $600,000 to build a pedestrian crossing. The rail project is billions over budget and years overdue. Homelessness and violence riddle the central city. Dare I start on the train system this week? This is not a city capable of a lot, and certainly not a visionary intergenerational recreational monument to creative thinking. Uh, The drawing, I think, is really for Abu Dhabi or Dubai or even Las Vegas, where the private sector and the size of the domestic market could make it pay. Singapore, small country the size of ours population-wise, could do it because they've actually got their act together. Christchurch could tell you a thing or two about building facilities for sport, and theirs isn't even finished, or close to finished, or anywhere near as grand as the Auckland drawing. What the plan sadly really shows is just how far short of what we want to be we really are. That's its only value, sadly. It's a quality project, it's a bold vision, and they've presented it to people who are not even close to being able to make it a reality. Um was in Melbourne recently uh, staying in a hotel uh, about a block away from Marvel Stadium I mean to be honest most of the stuff in Melbourne's only about a block away from Marvel Stadium or the MCG or Rod Laver Arena uh, it's it's really good having stadiums within walking distance of the city let's get on with it the rewrap now uh, how did your Valentine's go um Sounds like perhaps Mike didn't go quite as he expected. Rosie, it's interesting you should ask about my Valentine's Day. My wife apologised to me at the end of yesterday. For just the three cards? Uh, just the three cards. Um, she did three cards, which was absolutely fantastic. And you, you have no idea when you get up at 2.30 in the morning and standing in pitch black and you're thinking, oh, Jesus, a long day ahead. And you get your three cards and, and you feel loved. And that's magnificent. I left my card, one card, but the, they were quality words. High quality words, and I left them under the door. So, what were the words that were just printed in the card? Like, no, no, no. Have a fa- happy I, 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 buy, I buy the blank. I buy the blank cards. I buy the blank cards. So anyway, I put that under the door, and she stood on it. In fact, she walked right over it, and didn't even notice because um, I mean, I, she could have slipped on it and injured herself. 
<laughs> I suppose it's a blessing there, isn't it? Anyway, it wasn't until later on she goes, oh my God, I've just seen your car. Thank you so much. I said, what do you mean you've just seen my car? I left it on the door. Oh yeah, no, I was walking the dog. I walked on it. And I thought, oh, fair enough. No worries at all. Anyway, we had one of those days in which the 17 year Imagine if she'd slipped on it Injured herself and the dog. Yeah, no, imagine how bad that could have been. Worst eh? Valentine's ever. Imagine. Ima- anyway, so so the 17-year-old who dominates most of our lives these days based on the fact that they go, can I do this? Can I do that? Can you take me there? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the end of the day, uh, she sat down, collapsed, and went, oh, and it's on Valentine's Day. We've spent no time together. I'm so sorry. So it was a quiet old Valentine's Day in that sense. There's some people that's what they want. That is true. A little bit of time out. <laughs> Certainly that's all I've ever wanted for Father's Day is to not have my kids bother me. And I know that that sounds bad, but, you know, shouldn't you get what you want? The rewrap. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, talking about this little stash that's developed between Trump and NATO and, well, everybody really. Here's the thing about Donald Trump. Amongst the bluster, mostly he actually has a point. And by and large, in a world of political flip-flop, he's also consistent. Go back to 2017-2018, when he first met Jen Stoltenberg, for example, of NATO. The cameras were supposed, look it up, it's fantastic. The cameras were supposed to leave the room after the introductories, but they couldn't because Trump let loose on Stoltenberg in a way you've never seen in public. It is theatre better than you can generally pay for. Trump, since the beginning of his presidency, has never really believed in NATO, of course, and certainly, incorrectly, has no time for members who join up then freeload by not paying their way and in doing so increasingly rely on America to cover for them. So none of that, uh, you know, of what Trump then says seems an unreasonable stance to take. So fast forward to 2024 and the South Carolina primaries the other day and he tells an audience he would let Russia attack anyone who hasn't paid. The world takes that literally. The White House condemns it because it's loose and not the sort of thing future presidents really should say out loud, but it's Trump. It's that fine line between complete bollocks and a few uncomfortable facts that actually ring true. Now, the idea of NATO, if you don't know this, is you pay 2% of your GDP minimum. The United States pays 3.49%, and given it's a large economy, that's a lot of money. Germany pays 1.57%, France pays 1.9%, Denmark pays 1.65%, Italy pays 1.46%. You see Trump's point? Canada pays one38 Virtually no one of any heft or substance pays their way. UK comes in just at 2.07. Greece, 3.01. Go Greece. So the United States carries the load. NATO's come to focus and become relevant again in a way it hasn't been for years because, of course, of Putin and Russia. Russia is right next door to most of the countries that don't want to pay their bill. And then you get to the war itself. Look at the aid and support that has been handed out and then look at what America's paid as a proportion of that. And they have given more than everyone else combined and then some. So Europe has asked for an inch, taken a mile, if not taken the piss. And all Trump does is point out what Biden should have pointed out, what every other country in NATO that pays their way should have pointed out, and yet hasn't. It comes with bluster, yes, of course it does, and madness in a circus-like atmosphere, but almost always in there is a simple truth driven home by a British candle. And that is what people like. Now, I'm glad I've had the opportunity to play that back, um, because I I thought that's what he said at the time, and then I thought, no, I must have misheard. Driven home by a brutish candle. Driven home by a brutish candle. Yeah. What can that possibly mean? And I really hope it doesn't mean what I think it means. And on that note, I'm going to quickly finish the podcast. That was the rewrap. Back again tomorrow, hopefully. The rewrap. The rewrap. For 
or more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online. And keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.